Frank Krueger. We love Bluetooth on this podcast. We do seem to talk about it quite a bit, but that's because I love Bluetooth too. Yeah, I had a, I was, I was literally answering a Bluetooth question today um, from the Xamarin Essentials. There were some people that were like, hey, when are you going to, you know, there's a big thread about Bluetooth and this scheme and that scheme. And I was like, ah, there's great libraries out there. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you can just do so many things with Bluetooth, Frank. It's just, it's out there. It's, it's just out there in the world. I'm pretty sure I've told the story on this show already, but my for my senior project in college, it was like a group project. It was a big deal. Worked on it for an entire year. We were doing smart scales and smart blood pressure meters, all that kind of stuff and collecting it into a nice little thing. That all sounds like so commonplace these days, but this was old, old times. I'm old and it was kind of kind of a new thing. And it was all done doing Bluetooth. and. Just as we were finishing the project, I read an IEEE Spectrum article that said Bluetooth is dead. And that was 2004. So it turns out Bluetooth, although it is crickety and we all hate it in different ways, it is with us for seems time immortal. And you might as well learn it at some point. Yeah, it's uh, we've done many a podcast on Bluetooth already, and we are Bluetooth experts because Mm. I (laughs) since I've made an app that uses Bluetooth, I get people questions all the time. Like, what about this? What about this? Like, how do you send messages? How do you send? I want to do an app that does you know voice over Bluetooth. I'm like, I I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it exists. It's a. It's 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 out there in the world. The Bluetooth standards that's the one thing i think i like about bluetooth is that there are technically standards and i was getting i was working on my cadence and i've gotten support emails and and the fun part here is if if the sensor works like the app works you know what i mean and that's been sort of the fun part is i had someone that was like hey like you know i'm having this issue that like whenever I connect it, like one out of 25 chances, blah, 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 this. And I was like, okay, I'll go buy your sensor. And sure enough, the sensor is fine. And I said, well, here, download this other app, whatever that will connect and see if it, see if it's the same thing, which I know it will be. Because again, if, if the sensor works, it, it totally works, right? <laughs> and sure yeah. enough, I had the same problem. So they got another sensor. Now it's all working gravy train. So that's what I like about it. It's like, I know what it is. And that means anything that, you know, binds to that specification just works out of the box. And that's one thing, at least for me as a developer, I find appreciative. But I have a feeling, Frank, that the thing that you're using for Bluetooth does not have a specification. (laughs) Uh, No, the thing that I am talking to, you are alluding, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned on here before, but I'm always trying to talk to my one wheel with Bluetooth. Why? Why not? (laughs) That's always my answer. they have an app for the device, but it's not the greatest app on the planet. It just, you know, there's little things that you want to tweak. And for something that I use every day, I just want a little custom app for it. So just kind of on my off time and while I was on vacation, I was trying to do one of those cool weekend project apps where you finish the whole thing in a weekend. Yep. And I totally got it up and running. But there were two things that I wasn't happy with. Number one, my UI was just so boring. It was it was making me feel bad. Actually, let's go with three things. Number two, it was flaky, James. This was yeah. some of the buggiest, worst software I've ever written in my life, it turns out. And I didn't intend it to be, but oh my goodness, it was flaky. And three, I was doing it on the Apple Watch. And 
boy, development for the Apple Watch has not gotten any more pleasant <laughs> in recent years. <laughs> well, and, and to me, it's astonishing even if you try to do anything over Bluetooth with a watch because it's just really slow. I, I don't yeah. know if there's some throttling that they're doing because I I was I was trying to be clever the other when I was on my last trip at home. I I was like I'm gonna go on on these runs and I only run when I'm, I'm there with my sister because she's a runner and I pretend that like I can keep up. But I was like there was one <laughs> afternoon where she went in the morning. I was gonna go in the afternoon. Just just our timings were a little bit different that day. So I'm like I'm gonna install the a podcast app on my watch and then I'll connect oh. my buds to my watch and then sweet deal i don't got to bring my phone like that's a, amazing right mind blown I've, I've been wanting to do that forever because i for for running the watch is pretty much ideal because i used to carry my phone but it's mm-hmm. so annoying to carry a phone and then i tried the armband thing and mm-hmm. it turns out i hate armbands too yeah. so the, the watch is what i love but the problem is i don't have any apps on my watch no it just the app the app world never really took off on the watch no. and it annoys me a bit because i know there are podcast apps out there mocast does the mocast works with the watch but it doesn't put the data on the watch uh does overcast put the data on the watch which app did you get i use pocket cast um that's mm-hmm. the one that i use this got acquired by someone too i think um but overcast does as well but to get a podcast onto the watch it literally takes 18 billion hours it just is the <laughs> slowest it's like it's like keep it's like keep the watch on and yeah. open and also like keep your phone on and open and make sure everything's charging and you're like well, I was, okay i don't understand what's happening here well let's start there okay so early watch days i you've written a watch app right i almost remember you doing one no i would never no okay (laughs) okay so in the early days the watch apps were very thin clients and your phone was running all the logic of your application it was even running a lot of the ui logic Mm. all the watch would do is render the views and take touch events and then relay back those back to the phone but those were the terrible days. Uh, no one liked it because there was late latency on everything, lag on everything. So there was an improvement, though, where more of the software could run on the watch. But huge chunks of it, namely the data and all the syncing stuff, still runs on the phone. And that's what I've decided is terrible. And that's how the one wheel app from future motion actually works. So it's the phone app talking Bluetooth to the device. And then in addition to that, talking Bluetooth to the watch to just update the display on the watch. And you can imagine that going through all that rigmarole, the failure scenarios are various Everything is laggy, all that. And so what I wanted to do was write a watch native app, which you can now do, gosh, I think starting in watchOS, I can't even guess what version, James. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, let's go with like three or four years ago, three-ish years ago. You could actually write real watch apps that have no phone backing. They never talk to the phone. And I have a feeling that if your podcast app did that, it would actually perform a lot better because the Wi-Fi on the watch is actually perfectly fine. The Bluetooth on the watch is perfectly fine. All that latency and terribleness happens when you're talking to the phone at Mm. the same time. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I have no idea how it works, but it 
is something. I mean, um, you know, magic. It's, it's you know, it's out there. Yeah. It's Bluetooth. Anyways, so I I was able to synchronize one of my NPR ones. It's very short, and then the longer one, which is like an hour podcast, that that decided not to to work <laughs> so well. But anyways, I, I think the watch is cool. I like my watch. I use it to track rides, and that's about it. And apparently, that's all I'm ever going to do. Um, but you know, that, that's something and, um, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? I, it's the watch, but you, Frank said, I'm going to take the watch a step further. And you, you, you built a, a, an actual app, a full app. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually a bit inspired by, there was a WWDC video and they were for the very first time, Bluetooth is allowed to run in the background on the watch that is totally new what would mm. happen in the past you would uh when your app launches you have to go scan for a bunch of bluetooth devices and then find one that you want to connect to connect to it do all your bluetooth thing but watch apps uh get closed even faster than ios apps you know yeah. all the user has to do is turn their wrist away or the timer's like a one minute timer a two minute timer and your app will just get shut down and so what you're supposed to do is a bit complicated because this is where my app was not robust <laughs> when I finished it after two days. What you're supposed to do is when your app is notified that it's coming back into the foreground, you don't scan for all the devices again. You just say scan for this one particular device. If it's found or not found, then you have to either scan for all the devices or not. You have to reconnect to it, but it should be a fast connection because iOS does all this magic stuff for you. It's it's honestly a bit of a pain. <laughs> Did you put in all those smarts into your app or do you go into discovery mode constantly? Um, for the My Cadence? Yeah. Yeah. So how My Cadence works is I was using the Peloton app and the Peloton app, they um don't disconnect from bluetooth they just like there yeah we'll just keep it keep it going and i found this to be a problem because sometimes it wouldn't like reconnect or you know if if you didn't if you don't force close out of the app then it won't let go of it won't let go of the sensor uh, i'd imagine at some point in time it was but this was kind of a pain when i was testing because i would go between peloton and another app back and forth and and, and only one thing can be connected to that device at a time so what I ended up doing was whenever the the user um, basically navigates away. So if they 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 close the app, they navigate inside the app, they put the app into the background. I disconnect from the Bluetooth sensor, and then when they come back into the application, they just hit start again, and that will will reconnect to the app. So the or to the sensor, I mean. So what I do is you scan once, it saves the information like your ID all the information it needs to reconnect. And then I just try to connect directly to that device. I don't scan again because I mean, I might scan again. I don't know if it'll make any difference. Like it can either connect or it can't connect. I don't, I don't quite understand the difference, but anyway, so I, I get it and then go. However, in the newest version that I'm in beta right now is I put a like resume ride and the resume ride, um, for all intents, just keeps all of your stats because that was someone's complaint is they're like, oh, I got a phone call in the middle of my ride. And then the app went into the background and then I came back and all my stats were removed because they had to like reset it and start with like do a new session. So um, I kept it simple, which is like disconnect when anything happens and reconnect when it happens. And 
I assume that people just force close the app and then have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you are doing it perfectly right for how you're supposed to do a non-backgrounding um, yeah. Bluetooth app. Because because my app, remember, it's not on the watch. It's on the phone. And the idea is that it is a, it's a number on the screen. And you want to basically always be looking at that number. Because when you're doing spin classes, you're being told what number to hit. And that number is constantly changing. So for me, I get lucky in my app that I don't have to worry about backgrounding or sending and transmitting data. It's like, it's just, it's just a, it's a display of, inf I'm really good, Frank. I don't know if you know, apps that I write, they're very good at like displaying a number and it happens <laughs> to change up or down. Like that's literally all of my apps that I do. My stream timer, my cadence, um, the Island tracker is literally just displaying your turnip prices. I mean, sometimes you get a, even a graph out of it, you know, it's, it's awfully like, <laughs> to you, but that's what I love to create is, is numbers. I think I was a little bit jealous of your single number apps. That's why I started working on my one wheel watch app, honestly, M multiple parts to it, but I wanted to make my number glorious and animated. I wanted to use a 3d engine. James, did you know that you can run scene kit on watch OS now? That doesn't even make any sense, but that's amazing. It really is. And you can write pixel shaders and what? do crazy. Yeah, I'm doing a procedurally generated grid and like all this code in metal. I think I'm coding it in metal. Who knows? <laughs> it's either OpenGL or metal. And it's really great. The full scene kit, the full 3D system uh, that's on Mac and iOS is available on the watch. And so I, I said... James, I'm I'm just displaying a number also, so I had to make it a little crazy. So I'm at least displaying the number in 3D with like cool embossing, and I'm adding reflections to it. So if you are just going to display a number, I highly recommend wasting an entire day playing with a 3D engine to display that number, because why not? Well, and that's kind of the cool part is like, now that you have the code, I could just steal your code and I could have an, a premium upgrade, which is like <laughs> retro neon deluxe edition, which is like displays the, you know, drain, drain your battery edition. <laughs> so I am a little bit worried about it being the drain your battery edition. So here, here's my logic that I've had so far. When you're actually using this app, this isn't like your app where you're just staring at the number and begging for the time to go by so that you can stop pedaling because this is miserable one wheeling is a joyous activity and you uh -huh. are focused on the outside world and yep. embracing nature you only ever look at this app from time to time mostly to see your battery and for funsies to see your speed and so i i figured i could get away with a little bit of high cpu rendering because it's honestly only on the screen for like 10 seconds or so so no big deal there might as well burn it right yeah, might as well go for it. And talking about going for it, you might as well check out our sponsors by going to their website, syncfusion.com slash conflict. That's right. It's Syncfusion. They're back and they're here with hundreds of thousands of amazing widgets and gadgets and controls for your application, charts, graphs, you name it. They got it. Excel, PDF, image cropping, just they got everything. You, I've been using Syncfusion for like over 15 decades and they have literally everything that you could possibly want for your applications, whether they're mobile, desktop, web, 
whether they run on, I don't know if they run on your watch, but why not? They, they run everywhere, Frank. That's what I'm saying. They got something for everything. Don't quote me on the watch stuff from Syncfusion, but they got everything. I use them in my Island Tracker application. I've used them in my Meetup Manager application. I've used them when I worked at, at big enterprises. They have beautiful, wonderful controls and dashboards and widgets and PDF processing, all that good stuff that you totally definitely need in your applications because why are you going to write your own? Just let Syncfusion handle it for you. They've been doing it for decades. Anyways, go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. There's a link down there. You can just click on it. Boom, 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 boom. Tell them that James and Frank sent you and check them out. They have all sorts of good stuff, especially if you're doing open source stuff or you're, you know, um, a startup or, or you know, uh, you know, uh, independent business. Take a look at all their different plans. They got a whole bunch of good stuff, community editions, things like that. Syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. Thanks to Syncfusion. First by the way, this week's pie. <laughs> Thank you, Syncfusion. I mean, talk about displaying a number in a fancy way. Syncfusion has you covered there. They have all the fancy numbers. Yeah. If you want a fancy number, boom, they got the fancy numbers. I um I love a good fancy number. Okay, so you were doing this Bluetooth. So the Bluetooth. How does how does it work? Because it's on the watch. I mean, you know, my watch literally goes to sleep every five seconds, but then comes yeah. awake. So if it goes under the lock screen, is it still like does the, the Apple does the watch like sort of stop rendering stuff? Or like how does that work? Yeah, pretty much. As of today, right now, that is how it is. But there is Bluetooth backgrounding coming out in watch v next oh, okay. <laughs> whatever the whatever the current beta is you have it installed you should know the version number i don't eight uh, eight okay so on watch os eight you get backgrounding now why would you ever want backgrounding for bluetooth because i just described i only intend for my app to be in your face for like 10 seconds at a time you want it because apple won't let us program the watch face and the only way to get information on the watch face is to create a complication uh. or to create notifications. Uh. No one wants a notification, so let's just <laughs> let's just push that one aside. Or at least I'm not going to write an app that puts a lot of notifications. But you could think like, oh, I don't know, if you're monitoring your bread maker, um, I don't know, the lawnmower or something via Bluetooth, then maybe you would want notifications for different events like that. But I think the more interesting one is complications, because now theoretically you can update your complication data in the background and hopefully have that information displayed on the watch face itself if the Ooh. user has it selected. Yeah. Clever, right? Yeah, Great, right? That's cool. But the problem is there's a million question marks around all of it. And that's also why I'm writing this app, because I'm just myself a bit curious. In the past, um, complications got updated, let's call it sporadically, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> and the way they work, if you haven't done watch programming before, is you don't tell the watch what to display right now. You actually tell it what to display now and into the future. You want to cover yourself for at least a few hours into the future because your app may not execute for mm -hmm. at least a few hours into the future. So that's the design of complications. They're meant to be a timeline, not just an event. But that flies in the face of real-time information. What is my current battery status of the one wheel? What is my current speed? And in order to get current data, you have to be updating those complications. Again, Apple won't give us a way to just say update my complication, but you can update the data, 
cross your fingers, pray that it's a false moon, and hopefully the watch face will update. I'm really curious. I actually haven't gotten to that point where I'm doing that update, but it's for those two things, notifications and complications, Mm. or I guess uploading to a server into a database that you could ever want background notifications in Bluetooth. Got it. Yeah. Because um, it's funny because like Heather and I will like, go on walks and we're like, oh, what's the weather? And we have like a weather. Con- it's always different. Like uh, her weather never <laughs> matches my weather. And it's just it's like, oh, like, is it? Oh, is gosh. It, but it'll be like literally 25 degrees off. And like that doesn't. How, how? How does that even? You know what I mean? It's just it's a it's a hot mess. I I um I try to minimize the complications. I don't want to make it. So mine has the time, the weather and then my workout stats and that's it done you know right and those workout but stats I, I think are on the no they're not on the watch they're on the phone <laughs> so they are slow to update as well i use a lot of my complications three of them as app launchers mm-hmm. so just like my favorite apps i put them at the i found this what is it the modular or whatever you can put three little complications at the bottom and those become the three little apps that i use all the time that way they're a single click away from the home screen from the watch face yeah i like that the problem is i mean i'm wasting an icon space this is not supposed to be an icon screen it's supposed to be a widget screen and it frustrates me that there's just not information associated with that icon this is supposed to be the most accurate time keeping device on the world existence i don't know obviously it's bad at weather but i want it to be good at batteries is that so much to ask good batteries yeah, good batteries i think that's completely Normally, you know what they need is they need a way of instead of bringing up the the button stupid thing, they just need a way yeah. of of having another screen. Like if I press the key, the circle key thing, the circular do hit key, mm-hmm. that should mm-hmm. that, I, that should bring me first into a let me pin four or five or six apps, right? It's like pop, 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 yeah. pop, and then let me let me you know say show all. Come on, Apple. Pro- Pro tip out there, uh, if you do use that little beehive of app icons, I really hate it because I can't remember an app's icon. I just can't. Um, You can actually switch that to a list mode, and it's Mm. so much better, James, because then everything's just in alphabetical order, and you can actually find it. It's it's listed by name. What an innovation. That's true. You won't use anything (laughs) on it because because it's so slow. But it's okay. It's a watch. I mean, you know what the watch is so, for? It's nope. for showing time and one wheel, one wheel speeds. Because it's actually really good at the one wheel speeds when it's running. Um, I was I I wrote Spacey, my little space video game for the Apple Watch, mm. and that's the kind of app that had to talk to the phone for absolutely everything. And it's a little bit frustrating to play. Like the graphics are a little slow to load. Every click takes a little millisecond pause or two. But when you're writing these watch only apps, I've actually been very pleased. Like the app, or, uh, uh, I, I don't know which version of the watch I have. It has a red ring on it, whatever that means. Um, apps run pretty well on it. It feels like an old iPhone or something like mm. that it's there it's running what what really kills me is that 3d engine wow i could have made that space game so much better now i just want to like port over doom or something and play that on my watch but i know it'll absolutely kill the battery i know it will but it's it's just so much fun uh having that there so bluetooth gotta get it stable and then 
I'm just having an absolute joy time uh, writing that single number display using a 3D engine. If you need to display a single number, you might as well make it look absolutely fantastic. I mean, mine is just white or black on a black or white background. So it's a choice. It's a style. It's a style. Mi- minimalistic. It's more of a gray. Not. It's not a pure white. It's it's, it's a you know. Do you change the font? Do you make it like a cool digital font? No, just whatever the default. <laughs> James, you're killing me. So that's what happened to me when I first wrote the app. I, I I did everything that you just said. Default font, white on black. I'm like minimal, uh, 1960s modernism. Yay. And it was fine. And I was riding around and it was perfectly readable. It was just, um, I wanted the app. Remember skeuomorphism? Remember yeah, yeah. when we used to design apps and try to make them look pretty and fun? Remember those days? Mm-hmm. I miss I those days. Yeah. And I I just want to have a little fun making an app pretty and fun. Remember when we were talking about um, message beep? All of my apps, all of my original iOS apps had a sound for every command you ever did because it was early days of phones and all the original apps did that. Everything had a cutesy little sound associated with it. And I just don't put that into my apps anymore. And it made me a little sad that I don't. So I'm going to start with putting some fun 3D graphics in, but I'm going to put some wacky sounds in too, probably. Well, I I think that's the cool part is like your app sort of, to me, when I looked at the animation, I'll I'll put a link into your, your Twitter tweet. And to me, it looked like a game, right? It's not a game because it's just the speed of it, but it got that vibe that it was interactive. Like, when you look at this, it's not only like going down this 80s neon Tron path, <laughs> but also there's like a sun or whatever that's like moving and setting and it's like shifting a little bit to the left and right. So there's actually more than just displaying a number that that looks like it's moving and, and everything is moving based on your speed. So things are moving faster when you're going faster. So it's very clever. And you sort of gamified a number. Yeah, but I'm I'm also I have multiple numbers. Your your little sensors give you one number. I get lots of numbers. Mm. So I have um, the speed I want to display, the battery I want to display, but I'm also displaying the angles of the board because they have an accelerometer on them. Mm. It's a big fundamental part about how these boards work, and so um, the as you're uh, pitching the board up and down, the display will also pitch up and down. As you roll the board left and right, the display will also roll left mm. and right. And I did that. It, it's really not useful information when you're <laughs> when you're riding at any speed. You're basically level, and you're not doing any roll because that's dangerous. You only do that during a turn. But what I found was it just made the uh, app happier to see how responsive it was because you could walk over and just wiggle the board with your foot and see that perfectly emulated within the app Mm -hmm. so just trying to push that real-time data into a form that's something other than just a number because as much as i love a gorgeous giant number in the middle of the screen you can't have four gorgeous numbers in the middle of the screen all of a sudden you look like a nasa display for a space shuttle or something (laughs) and that's cool for some users but most people want something a little more interesting so finding clever not too annoying ways to display some other bits of information that's one thing i've always just loved in user interface programming it's uh how do you display this information without overwhelming the user yeah it's fun to do that stuff yeah that's true that's definitely one of my problems is, is, is what you just said is it's easy to throw a bunch of different numbers on the screen, 
it's hard to put a bunch of different numbers on the screen and make them look pretty. Yeah. You can make them look pretty. You can just hire a designer. They'll show you how to make a number look pretty. But how do you make them informative? And how do you spark joy in the yeah. user's heart? <laughs> Mine don't. I do. I do have a pretty graph with multiple colors. I decided I had two colors, which was if you're above or below your average cadence. But then I had four Ooh. colors, which is are you in the bottom 25? Are you in the middle 25 to 50, 50 to 75 or over 75% like of the. Of I it. love so it. Four colors. I love those. I, I love multicolor graphs. Are you filling in the graph or is it a line graph? I'm I'm very excited for this. It's a line graph, but then underneath it, the colors fill to the bottom. Excellent, excellent. I love it. This is the one feature after our episode last week. I've been debating whether I need to put into my app, but I don't want to feature creep too much. I've already. Uh, I spent two days getting it working, uh, one day getting it working reliably, another day just playing around with the user interface. What should I spend my next day on? Well, what I think it really does need is a is a phone app. And the phone app would keep a history. No. Would keep oh, hold on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on there, Frank. It needs it needs to to be able to start a ride and it can track oh it. Oh my god. Right. It tracks it, but then you can play back your ride and what it does is it has a 3d one wheel and it and it shows you your curves your this your speed in real time you know what i mean like it shows you all this i love stuff. it yeah i know but it could be like I the same it. background but like but the the one wheel and it's like here's its angles and it's moving and it's doing something it plays back if you wanted to get real nutty with it it would like it would like do it like on a you know real world map or whatever and it would just like cruise um, but I, I'm thinking more of like, you know, those little, um, the, uh, what do they call them? The, the finger skateboards, you know, those, yeah, but yeah. like that, but like, it's like, it's like a little skateboard and it's like playing it back. I just, I just figure like, it's just like this little thing this on your genius. phone. I know. I know. This You're is welcome. just genius. Oh, I love, I love these kinds of ideas, but no, it's not going to go onto the phone. Uh, I believe you have access to cloud kit on the watch Ooh. so I could upload to Apple servers. You go. do it all wirelessly so i i could totally do that um boy wow that's fun no i'm not gonna do that render sorry i'm a little distracted because one of my early apps i did start to write was this like um it, it was a driving app and so you would put it mm. in your car and it would record all your routes here's the fun part that it would do the next morning when you went to commute it would replay yesterday as a ghost car on the map oh, yeah. and you would end up racing yourself to see if you could beat yesterday's time. And then I decided releasing a car racing app is a <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> and true. I never released it, but I still, golly, I really wish I had released that app because it was really fun to try to beat your daily commute every day, racing yourself. I feel like I that would be it. more acceptable on a one wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, there's your next challenge, sir. Anyways, I had fun. I'm glad that you got the Bluetooth working on the watch. I think it's such a cool application and such a cool way of displaying all sorts of fun data. If you haven't seen it, hopefully you've seen it before we started talking about 30 minutes ago. So go look at the tweet <laughs> down below. Uh, it's super cool. Frank, I love everything that you make. It's all gorgeous and amazing. And I wish I had a ounce of your talent, but I don't. So we're going to end this podcast. So until next week, there's been another Merch Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.